0: Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details.
1: Hello on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hay Wiley, Armani Bucket, And as we are every single Wednesday, Kayla Kinnearum, Brandon Deutsch, we are thinking about you, my friend. I don't know what he ate. Bad food poisoning was texting with us late night saying not feeling good. Was not COVID, thankfully. But our boy, Brandon, recovering. Uh, we are thinking about you. He's going to take the rest of the week off. That—that that is Food poisoning is the worst. Food poisoning. That I mean, there is no worse feeling like late night when you're just puking and then there's nothing left and you're just still going. This yeah. is... Brandon, we love you, my friend.
2: Thanking of you, Brandon. Get well soon. Food poisoning is no bueno. Yeah,
1: no. But other than that, Kayla, how are you doing, my friend?
2: I'm well. Um, Glad to be back with you all today. Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, get well soon, Brandon. I mean... I thought we were going to get an exciting game. It looked like it was going to be an exciting game early on, but we can't. It's just impossible at this point to get a close, and I'm not counting that fourth quarter as close, because the game was decided by the point that the Warriors came back at the
1: end. That was a blowout. And we are national. The Dodgers are in Washington, D.C., and so is our very own G. Hey, Wiley G., how are you?
4: I am great. The sun is finally shining here. It's been a little gloomy um, all week, but Dodger fans are out. Uh, representing too just passed by a family in my hotel cute little dodger family uh so there's yeah dodgers are representing out here in dc i'm loving it
1: so we have a lot to get into so let's get to today's headlines brought to you by circus sports circa millions and circus survivor pro football contests are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes visit circus for details hit it caleb <laughs>
2: Luka Doncic had 30 points and 14 rebounds, and the Dallas Mavericks beat the Golden State Warriors 119-109 in Game 4 on Tuesday night. Dallas avoided the sweep, but can they extend the series beyond Game 5 on Thursday night in San Francisco?
1: I hope so. Here's the thing. This was the kind of performance that I was hoping to get. I don't know how you have a rain delay. They they, they were up (laughs) by 29 points. There was a a rain delay. But... um, another blowout and we'll talk about this later I I mean this is so frustrating when you get in front of the TV and it's the postseason this is the Western Conference Finals these are supposed to be two of the top four teams left in the league I mean this is absolute garbage basketball that we're watching right now I mean these games are not even close but happy for Luka happy we could get a game five Why buckets we talked about it when these conference finals are done when the finals are done when the playoffs are done we don't have a lot left I love baseball there's nothing like you know the crisp of fall like, uh, like September and October. Uh, right now, I don't really care, you know. And so we need these games because buckets. If we did not have a game five, I don't know what we would have been talking about on Thursday. But Luka Doncic came up big. Happy that we do have a game five. They are very fortunate that it's
3: not two two. They being Golden yeah. State, maybe even three one. Because going back to game two i still think that dallas lost that more than golden state won it and then game three we all know the role players couldn't hit shots and we see what happens when the role players do hit shots the mavericks typically win games and uh, i just saw this quote by jason kidd the biggest compliment is that they have to play zone because they can't guard us one-on-one and i completely agree with that the reason why i was so adamant that dallas is going to win this series is because Who on Golden State can guard Luka Doncic, let alone who on Golden State can guard Jalen Brunson Mm one-on-one? They don't have those kind of... Gary Payton would be the answer, but obviously after what happened, he's hurt and he can't play. So now, if Dallas can figure out that zone, which they did a good job of in this game finally, I still don't know if they have the answer for it, but if they can, Golden State can't stay in a man-to-man defense and guard Luka Doncic. This could get to six, but I I still think Golden State closes it at home. I I do think it's over in five. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't have much to add other than this has been such a weird and boring (laughs) playoffs. I hate it. Like like you said, it's just very anticlimactic. It's like... Where's the competitiveness in this this postseason from the NBA in particular? I'm annoyed, but I'm, I am glad we get into Game 5. I yeah. love a Game 6. Do we cross our fingers for games? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, hey, for listen,
1: I will be happy if we get a Game 6, <laughs> happy if we get a Game 7. G, hey, late night basketball for you. Did, did, did you watch the whole game?
4: I did watch the whole game, actually. I'm a late night person. I, I don't go to bed till like two in the morning normally, so uh, for me this was it was fine to wait and uh, watch this. You know, I, I said this before, and I said I said this yesterday, and I think Brandon and I both agreed on this. If, and I know Armand, you agree on this too. If the, I feel like the rest of the team, they stepped up. Luca had a great game. I'm not going to deny that because he's just a great player. He's always going to have his points. He's always going to get his numbers. But the the rest of the team, the rest of that squad, they killed it for them. Yeah, uh, like they're the reasons why they won. Like they finally attacked the basket, they finally, you know, made they, they created um, on the offensive end. They were finally hitting their shots as well, so that definitely um, helped them get that W. But yeah, I think Golden State is going to close it out in five. We're not looking at Game Six. We're not looking at Game Seven, guys. I, I, I hate to burst your bubble on this one, but at least they get at least they didn't get swept
1: yeah you know what I, I that, that's a low bar but I agree I hate it when the opposing team celebrates in front of your fans like so at least listen if the warriors have their moment in the sun Thursday night in uh, San Francisco great but not in Dallas
3: all the quotes from the Mavericks Tell me that they actually believe that they can win this series. That might be delusional. Oh. Hey, but, but that's fine. You know, I, I love it. I mean...
1: But listen, they have the same mentality that you do. And again, you're not there, but they they, they feel the same way probably. They feel like, listen, we should be up 3-1. Yeah. So forget about what we're doing right now. Uh, when I was covering the King Shark series back in 2014, and they're down 3-0. And I'm just thinking, like, of, of course they have to believe this, but they're like, no, no, you, you don't get it. If that play had gone that way, we would yep. have been up three zero. So in their mind, and you really, it's all mental. You just have to, okay, forget about what the season series is or the series that... Listen, we're going to win game five. We're going to bring it home. We're for sure going to win game six. And then game seven, which is what I said in that Maverick Suns series. Don't let don't let it go to game seven. I don't care that it's in Phoenix. I don't care that the Suns have blown out them as, as a game seven. And it's Luka. And if a team that's down 3-0 forces a game seven, you want to talk about momentum. There is no momentum like that. It's going to be nuts completely agree And it's barely ever happened In
3: NBA history So if the Mavericks Can just get it to game 7 Let alone get it to game 6 At home in Dallas The momentum Has it of happened? This,
1: I'm trying to think It's 3-0 it ha- I've yeah, seen
3: from 3-1 3-1 has happened 3-1 three one three, one has three happened 3-0 zero, It's 0 and 146 But there have been wow. A couple teams That have gotten it To game 7 They haven't won Surprisingly yeah. Considering you would Have all the momentum But no team has ever Come back from 3-0 nice In basketball
2: yeah. Interesting Alright Game five of the Eastern Conference Finals are tonight in Miami as the Heat and the Celtics are tied at two games each. The Celtics are favored by two points at Circus Sports, and if they win, they will be in position to punch their ticket to the NBA Finals back home at the Garden on Friday. Can they do it?
1: I think they can. I think, Armani Buckets, you're right. This is the, you know, the shift has been made. I, I, I think the... Heat got a couple of wins that I'm not surprised. Listen, I thought that they were going to get Game 1. I'm surprised that they got Game 3. I think this series is over. I do think Boston wins tonight, and I think Boston closes it out back at the Garden in um, Game 6. So, and I don't want to say that. I'm really hoping that's not the case. I hope the the Heat find a way to win uh, tonight, and the Heat find a way to upset the Celtics. Where are we at with some of these players? Are are they out? Unfortunately, at the time of our taping this, we
3: don't know if Marcus Smart is playing. We don't know. Robert Williams has been in and then out of the lineup. We don't know about Tyler Hero. He has a groin injury. There's a lot of unknowns at this point in time, which I assume is going to go all the way an hour before tip-off. Yeah,
1: so that's fine.
3: But (sighs) Jason Tatum has to be the guy tonight. Has to be. This is arguably... Game six of the Milwaukee series when he went crazy for 46 points. This game is on par with that game in terms of we need that type of performance on the road. Marcus Smart or no Marcus Smart, you're the best player in this series. I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. This should be Jason Tatum's show. This is his moment at this age and in his should be the early prime of his career. Tonight is the night that he puts a signature performance together. It's got to be on him. I'm going to say Celtics as well.
2: Wow, okay. I w- if any series goes to seven, I hope it's I would think it'd be this yeah. one. Um I'm all in on Jason Tatum, by the way, he's a Saint Louis guy. Okay, yep. there you go. <laughs> Missouri represents yep. so yeah, I'm house. I'm all for the Celtics. But yeah, everyone you listed is or everyone you mentioned is still listed as day to day. So I don't know though, the Miami Heat in their home situation, that is like true. they've only lost what, one home game in yes. this entire playoffs and that yes. was game two. Which they
1: got blown out But yes yes. You're absolutely right So
2: there's something to be said About Miami playing at home I think I'm picking them tonight Actually
1: Yeah And by the way That's not a small thing Kayla during her picks I mean She hit hit on the Mavericks On the uh, two bets last night And so Kayla's picks At some point in time If this continues This run (laughs) that she's having You said 6-1 and What was it?
2: Oh, I was five and one last week. I was eight and one a few weeks before that. She's
1: up. Wow, that's thirteen
4: and two. Ga, how about Kayla? How about <laughs> Kayla? Your yeah. picks. Hey, we we uh, I'm we might be taking Kayla to Vegas next yeah. time we go. <laughs> that's right.
2: Done. I'm in.
1: Ga, you are <laughs> you are now two wins away from your bed coming in uh, strong. Uh, your thoughts on the Celtics not only tonight, perhaps but perhaps closing it out in Game Six
4: i kind of agree with kayla i'm still rooting for boston to win this game five but i mean miami at home it's rough to to play um against them at at least for this game in particular i think even though they even though boston's favored right by two yeah yeah so um i'm still sticking with my i'm still sticking with my pick though boston and seven boston
1: okay Man, crazy, hey, but G Hey, crazy things happen in seven, and Game Seven is back in Miami. So, it uh, just to give you perspective. Kayla, I, I don't know if you know. So, G Hey made a bet back in March that the Celtics would make it to the NBA Finals. She got some good odds on that. So, uh, yeah, G Hey is rooting for the uh, Celtics there. So, we'll see how that goes.
2: We have talked about this before, but the Dallas Mavericks were up by 29 points in game five of the Western Conference Finals last night. The number of blowouts in this year's postseason has been unheard of. Have these been the worst playoffs (laughs) you can remember? And is there anything that can be done to change that moving forward?
1: Yes, this is the worst playoffs. I I can really, truly say, uh, because listen, let's let's just say we have a seven-game series. What the heck does a seven-game series mean if every game or five of the games or six of the games are blowouts? And when I say blowouts, we all have different versions of blowouts. I think if a game is, you know, 15 or more. yeah. Some of these have been 30, 40-point blowouts. Are you kidding me? 40 points? I mean, I, that, that is really hard to do. My thinking here is, and buckets I want to get your, your thoughts on this. I think, and it's crazy to punt on a playoff game. I think some of these theme- teams think it's a seven-game series. We're down by 20. Instead of saying, let's try to come back and win this thing, I think that they just punt. And I don't know if that's true or not, but it is actually hard to be a good team. So I mean, the Suns are a good team. How, like, how do you lose by 40-plus points? And not that they that, that was a Game 7. That will never make sense to me, Mm-mm. to get blown out by 40-plus in a Game 7 on your home
3: court. But you're right. Teams are punting games early in the series. We saw it. Miami got their game in Game 3, and then mm-hmm. they basically fell behind early, and they're like, you know what? We got the game we wanted. Yeah. It's making for very boring games, Parable. like you said. This is the worst playoffs, I agree, that I can remember the solution at least part of the solution is giving them an extra day of rest in between games i would agree so we don't have walking wounded on the court (laughs) every game literally it looks like every player is injured and then if golden state wraps this up in five and then these guys go seven i'm assuming it's going to be an ugly finals because whoever wins the east who by the way personally i think that's the best team but if you're you know, half the team is injured, I don't think that they would beat the Warriors in that scenario. And then the other thing is the replay reviews. It hasn't been that bad recently, but I I cannot stand when they take four different trips to the monitor yeah. to look over a play when it's like, my solution for that is why don't we just have a fourth referee sitting at the monitor? He makes the call. And hard. then as soon as it's a controversial call, you turn to him, you point to him. This would add so much drama, too. And then he has like 15 seconds. You can watch it, 15 seconds, and then whatever he says, It should boom. be
1: like it is in hockey, though. Like, they, they have a central office in Toronto, and so with this, maybe it's in... New, New, in New York or somewhere. But so the guy has all the different views and he's not, you know, he doesn't have fans booing him or something. But we got to
3: limit it to like 50.
1: I Yes, yeah, but, I agree with that. But one. with technology, the clock goes on. We're going to go to the review. This guy's back in yep. Secaucus, New Jersey. He's got all the uh, the, uh, the cameras and boom. And then we start the game right yeah. back up. 60 seconds. I'm not, That's too much for
3: me. 60 seconds? That's
1: too much. What do you think? But those 60 yeah. seconds add up. No, I mean, what do you agree, think about it? I mean, it's, it's just taken too <laughs> long to make a Listen, some of these are not even that hard oh, to terrible, to yeah.
2: Do. I have a question. What's the earliest playoffs have ever been done?
1: That's a good one. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, listen, if there's a... No, there is actually a start date. Like, even if everything's a sweep, the league is... is um,
4: oh, okay. They,
1: they have to start sometime in June, and then... But, so, you, you, I think whatever, like June 10th or June, but yeah. I just had
3: a moment to think about it some more. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> the playoffs with Kevin Durant on the Warriors, for me, actually, now that I think about it, might have been worse because that was so inevitable. That's like, right. It was I so covered inevitable. those
1: finals and like everything was a sweep. Yeah, it uh, was. You know, the the Spurs series was a sweep. They went up against the Cavs. That was a, it Was just sweep, sweep, sweep. That team was next too, level. It was yeah. too unfair. Yeah.
4: Well, you, quick question yeah. for you guys, though. What, what would you rather have, a blowout or a sweep? That's a good one. I mean, listen, I would rather have
1: four good games in a sweep rather than a seven-game series where they're all blowouts. That's what happened with Nets Celtics. Interesting. Yes. Okay. GA, do you agree? I mean, like, like, like let's just say we have a seven-game series, but it's a blowout for all seven games. At least if it's a four-game sweep, but all four games are good. I'll give you an example, and I for, this wasn't a sweep, but when the Lakers played the Sixers back in the day, and the Sixers oh, won yeah. game one— the Lakers won the last four, but they were all good games. Yep. So it was a five-game series. It was a gentleman sweep or a backdoor sweep, but the games were good. It wasn't like you. Some of these games, GA, I'm turning them off in the first quarter.
4: Yeah, no. I mean, when you're when you're turning the television in the second, goodbye. Yeah. So I I agree with you, Arash. I think that I'd rather see a sweep and see it be you know a two-point game a five-point like a a winnable game that you sit there and be like oh my gosh it's (laughs) they're winning by 20 30 points in the second like why am i watching this yeah there's there's
1: yeah there's no doubt about that but it's just it's, it's it's frustrating to watch and you hope that at some point um like What I want the league to do is just to t- talk to these teams. Again, you, maybe you can't do anything about it, but there's been an un, uh, you know common amount of blowouts, especially like 40-point blowouts or 30-point blowouts. It's, it's it's crazy.
2: Steve Kerr gave an imp- impassioned speech about gun control and the school shooting in Texas. Do you want more coaches and players to be like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich when it comes to s- social issues?
1: So here's the thing. I, I, what I want them to do is to be themselves, be authentic. I, I, what I, what I push back against is when, when people say, "Hey, you have a platform; you should speak out on this." If you are not passionate about it, now Steve Kerr is in a different position. His father was killed and assassinated, and this is very important to him. Now, so what I, what I, what I push back on is, is people who say, "Listen, um, this player has a." A platform, they should use it. Well, listen, if, if if the player or the coach, A, is not comfortable, B, uh, doesn't really know a lot about the topic right now. So, listen, I, I know a lot of people may not like it, but I do think if this means a lot to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr is given a platform and he has a press conference and he's got cameras, use it to whatever degree that you want to. But I, I think they should be themselves,
2: I agree and I, I mean um I mean it's kind of inevitable when stuff like this happens you hear from the athletes and the coaches and the celebrities and everyone's got their opinions I'm someone who kind of just like takes a step back shake a beat like let it breathe and um I don't like it when things get super political and heated and that's all that people are talking about like I just think there's some more important things when these things come up so um I don't know I, I know especially like you said he's Got a personal experience when it comes to that, so I saw that video everywhere yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was incredibly moving, but I don't know how I feel about people using it as a platform.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm all right with coaches and players talking about this. Just do something about it. Yeah. No more talking. You guys all talk, 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 talk. I'm fine with the talking, but now it's time for action because, like, we can we can talk about all the way to Columbine stuff like this. And then, go, and then now you go to the forefront. Who's done anything to help this situation, to help this cause? You know, so if you're going to talk about it, I'm totally fine with that. Talk about, like, a lot of times, a lot of coaches and a lot of players will be like, you know, um, I'm doing this with this situation or whatever, and they're actually taking action on it. Just take action on it. If you're going to talk about it, be about it. That, that's, all I, that's all I have to say.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a very layered issue, too. It's not just, like, a Absolutely. one fix, so...
3: I agree with everything that's been said. When when it comes to political issues, it is a touchy subject for athletes, coaches to get involved in. With Steve Kerr, I love the word that you use because he was very passionate about it and the issue shouldn't be political in the sense of nobody wants to see anybody's child or relative go to a church, go to a school and get killed, but like Jihei said, enough talk. We need to do something that's actually feasibly, you know, action steps that we can take to get to a common goal. And I don't think we have a common goal yet. The common goal should be we shouldn't be scared to go to school, go to church. 100%. Yeah, I don't know if you
2: saw Matthew McConaughey posted a really good post on that
4: yesterday check that out yeah i saw his instagram it was very
1: moving yeah so hopefully again g a great uh point there do something about it again i think a lot of people want to hop on social or talk about it but like let's let's make some change right let's leave it there for now when we come back we will actually hear from sean mcveigh and matthew stafford when we return right here on the mighty or 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network
0: the biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rake. Circuit Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circussports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on
1: the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Listen, I did not think that this would be uh, time for pro football, but thankfully there is. OTAs! OTAs are happening right now. We've got the Rams. We've got the uh, Chargers. Uh, Really quickly, Kayla, Peter King. Is saying that the Chargers will win oh, no. the AFC West.
2: <sighs> Blasphemy. <laughs> I disagree, Peter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I just want, here's the thing because because of where the Chargers are at in Los Angeles, I want them to be very good this season. I don't know if they're going to go to the Super Bowl or win the division. Listen, that division is extremely hard. You got the Chiefs, you got the Chargers, you've got the Broncos with Russell Wilson, and you got the Las Vegas Raiders Who scares with Devontae Adams. Who yeah. scares you the most as a Chiefs fan in the division? The Chargers. Okay. Yeah.
2: They were our our toughest opponent last year. Obviously, every team has changed since then, but yeah, the Chargers scare me.
1: Yeah. I mean, just this is what I've thought about with the Clippers. Like, if they have a run, not just conference finals, like, like if the Clippers won a championship, I'm curious about that. I'm fascinated by this. If the Chargers were to go to the Super Bowl, if they were to win a Super Bowl, would they change in Los Angeles? Who would would they hop on the bandwagon? I mean, it's it's they're in a tough spot because the Rams have now won. I always thought that they they had a chance to win over Los Angeles if they had this amazing storybook run. But the Rams are the team that won the Super Bowl. They are going into the season as the defending Super Bowl champions. And speaking of that, um, Matthew Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup. And Sean McVeigh spoke to the media following practice yesterday. So let's now go to them now. Uh, we were there. Let's now hear from Sean McVeigh and Matthew Stafford. Um, and
5: yes, it's his birthday it. today. Yeah, you guys wish him a happy birthday. birthday. So <laughs> spoke with, you know, talked to him this morning. So. Dialogue's been good. Um, he, you know, he's done a great job of communicating. You know, with with my relationship with him, and gets a chance to spend you know time with his family right now. So I feel good about that.
6: And then just a couple of guys who are here, but uh, maybe we're in the training room. Wanted to check on Daryl. Um, wanted to check on Van um, and how Jacob Harris's rehab's going.
5: Yeah, so Jacob is doing really well. Um, Van, the same thing. You know, when we ended so late in the season. There was a lot of guys that end up getting, you know, just some stuff that you say. All right, let's be a little bit more patient with the off-season approach. You know, even talking with Zach Taylor, you guys—I don't know if you guys had seen—he took even different approach where he started later than what you're available to. We just trimmed the week off of the back end, so um, you know, with the nine weeks that you have available, we ended up going with eight. Daryl just got a little soft tissue thing last week. Um, and it was kind of an injury that he pushed through during the season that kind of crept back up. And we're always gonna err on the side of caution right now. You guys even saw, you know, we took a little bit different approach than what we typically would in an OTA setting where for the amount of guys, and then given the fact when we did finish Jordan, um, you know, really emphasizing guys, teaching them how we jog through, how we walk through, do some seven on, really good individual time. And and that's kind of the intent of the drill work and what we're trying to get done right now.
3: Will Stafford? throw at all during OTAs or minicamp?
5: I don't think so. You know, I think we're, we're taking it a day at a time right now, but the goal and the the thought process was um, he'll start to ramp that up when we get closer to training camp. And, um, you know, he's able to communicate with us, Gary, how he's feeling, but the plans all along have been, hey, let's really stress above the neck some of the things that um, we can control a little bit, but be smarter than anything else with him, especially with his experience and his ability to communicate with us. And
0: how was it for you to
5: the uh commercial for uh, how'd you think it was but, man I, I, what'd well, you, you think you yeah, have, you, yeah that was cool right you, missed the, you know the draft trailer they had someone do your part i know scott eastwood did part. better than i would have done so <laughs> i i'll take that but it was fun you know it's flattering to be able to you know take part in a couple of those things with a, a lot of other people that you have tremendous respect for top gun is uh, a big time deal and, and it sounds like uh you know the new movie is going to be you know really fun and so I was, I was flattered and uh, they did a good job of making me look better than what I, uh, what I probably should have right there. You probably thought,
0: thought for a number of years about what it would be like to be a Super Bowl winning coach. How has the aftermath been any different?
5: Are- yeah, I would say, um, you know, number one, I think what you realize being on both ends of it now, I think you take everything with a grain of salt. You're certainly appreciative of all the blessings, um, being around people that you're able to achieve something special with. Um, but I think you also have even that much more of an appreciation for the people that are unconditional. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the all-time friends, not just the good-time friends. And and I think um, you know I'm certainly very grateful for the opportunities. But I don't think you want to be naive to the fact that hey, you know, you got to be able to you know be moment, be in the moment, be humble, um, be present, and appreciate um, doing it with people that you love and care about. So I think having had the perspective of both ends of it gives you an appreciation not to get too high, not to get Get too low and and to understand that um it's all temporary and the really the stuff that matters is the relationships and the way that you treat people coach
4: can you talk a little bit about this? the donation that you and Veronica gave for, towards the american red cross for ukraine
5: yeah i'm glad you asked about that nick it was it was a really cool opportunity that i got to be able to team up with campbells the second year in a row and um, them knowing how important and they've always been um, you know a company that's been committed to trying to, to help um, Some of the lesser privileged or where there's you know some hunger things that uh, people have needs and so to be able to contribute to You know the Ukrainian deal through um, the American Red Cross was, a, was really important. It hits home I've just been so impressed with like I mentioned to you guys before the grace at which my fiance Veronica and I'll be getting married here soon um, has handled this but also her family and that country and so um, I think as a coach you're always so solution oriented and sometimes you feel like you know you, you feel helpless but these are the small things that you can do that that contribute to hopefully uh, ending this sooner than later
6: Sean, uh, today uh, again caveat <laughs> I know it's not real yeah. football yet but you look like you move your offensive line around a little bit on the interior is everyone healthy what goes into
5: sort of just that, being now? smart with guys you know there's a there's a plethora of reasons that go behind a Jordan but um, you know sometimes it's guys let's be smart with you know how they're feeling right now this isn't the time to be able to push it so see coleman in there you see tremaine Ankrum getting some opportunities and and this time of year enables that for us sean what's
0: it been like finally getting a chance to kind of get on the field get on the grass with alan robinson i know you probably had an idea of the skill set that he could bring beforehand, but now that you're actually able to see that come to life.
5: Yeah, Stu, he's a stud. Uh, I've been so impressed with just his overall professionalism day in and day out, he's got a great way about himself, locked in in the meetings, and then just, I think the first thing that stands out is the body control for a bigger receiver. I bet you that he is a baller on the basketball court, you know, he's wired to be able to double up, play underneath himself. Some of those bigger guys that play as big as he does typically don't have the ability to get in and out of their breaks as seamlessly as he does. But I think you know his his transition in and out of breaks is you know how smooth he is for how big he is physically. Um, it's been very exciting and, and really love getting to know him a little bit more every single day.
0: And then ex- and then externally with you know with the outside linebacker position, there's you know speculation that maybe free agency or the draft would have been you know the, the approach with bond leaving but sure. you guys essentially stuck to you know, returnees and internal options that you've already got? What gives you the confidence in in that group?
5: Well, well, I think a lot of things, you know, when you go back to prior to acquiring Vaughn last year, you know, you see the production from Justin Hollins. Terrell Lewis played a lot of good football. We all saw really positive strides from Chris Garrett in the preseason. Um, Leonard Floyd has been outstanding for us. And I think also you acknowledge the fact that Vaughn is such a unique player, but more than anything, it's a confidence in Justin Hollins, Terrell Lewis, the development. I think Thad Bogardis does such a great job with that group. But, um, you know, it's going to be something that we're excited about monitoring that spot. But then also, it's, hey, what's the best way to get our best 11 players on the field? And when you've got some versatile playmakers at different levels of the defense, um, you know, those are things we're looking at as well.
0: Sean Bolton, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup talked about the enjoyment of coming to you and saying, hey, what if we did this? What if we did that? Um, From your standpoint, why is that important? Because a lot of coaches would just say, here's what we're going to do.
5: Well, I think you know communication is at the foundation of everything that we do. And it's not just us transmitting information. It's being willing to listen, let the players give it back to us, and make sure they they feel clear and, and they feel comfortable with everything that we're asking. There's an intent behind everything that we try to do. And if we don't necessarily have a why, and you know, Greg Olson and I used to talk about this, and we say it all the time back when we were together in 17, it doesn't matter who's right, it matters what's right. And these are two guys that have certainly earned the right to have a very clear, thought process and innate understanding of everything that goes into some of the little nuances that can exist between their communication, both verbally and visually, and so um, you know, I think I'd be silly not to listen to those guys and I think all of our coaches feel that way. Cooper
0: said he came, and one of his ideas was quote, a dumb idea, he says he's going to tweak it.
5: Well, sometimes, you know, Cooper sometimes, if we could protect with 13 offensive linemen, (laughs) sometimes these plays that he likes to draw up, I said, that's great, you know, for the 7-on-7 league. I said, who the hell <laughs> going to block some of these plays, but no, he understands it. Those two guys, I mean, you talk about being around players that make you a better coach. I know you guys have heard me say that over and over again, but their consistency, their approach, their love for the game, um, love coaching those guys, love working with them.
6: Shauna, more, Ernest Pat, Ernest Jones, has talked a little bit about um, going into this thing that he calls like a flow state when he's on the field nice and, and playing and i'm wondering like when you watch him even for someone so young yep. when you watch him and you watch how he moves and also how he sees things what are your takeaways in that
5: well i think the game's always made sense to him you know I, I defense is so reactionary driven where in a lot of instances and not always you know offense sometimes dictates the terms where defensively you got to have checks and balances based on what they present Um, But the game makes sense to him. He really understands that. That stood out on his tape, you know, going back to watching him in college throughout the course of his career. And I think we all saw that as he got more and more snaps as the season progressed. Um, Mature beyond his years for a rookie. I can remember even talking to Thomas Brown about him when he was with him at South Carolina. He was like, it's a no-brainer in terms of what this guy can be. And, And he was all that and that much more. And I think he and Bobby in the middle teaming up. Um, But I think it's, you know, how do guys find their rhythm, their routine, their flow state, as Ernest would say. Um, And he certainly has done a great job taking steps in the right direction, and and I'm excited to watch Coach Beak work with those guys and then be at their best.
0: You're welcome. How did defensive back wind up being the position that you have have? Such an abundance of, of bodies
5: right now? Well, I think when you look at it, uh, we lost some really good players. Uh, we were able to acquire a player in Troy Hill who we're all very familiar with that, that provides a lot of versatility and value. I think David Long's ascension is, is big time. And then we, you know, that was kind of a position of need that we identified. Let's let's get some depth at the safety, at the corner spots. The guys that we drafted felt like, you know, were, were guys that fit our mold and kind of what we were looking for for shaping out the secondary. I don't think you can minimize. Kevin, the importance of how much growth is taking place in Nick Scott. Jordan Fuller going into his third year. Taylor Rapp uh, being, I think, one of the more underappreciated great players on our football team um, who's just consistently produced snap in and snap out. Um, Those three guys. Then you bring in some other younger safeties where they say, hey, this is what it really looks like. I look at Robert Rochelle in a lot of instances as a a rookie, you know, because he did some really good things, but I don't think anybody understands all the things he was pushing through, whether it's a wrist injury, you know, ended up having the lung rib type of deal. And so he's a guy who made a great. Great play in 7-on-7 seven seven today. You can see the communication in that meeting room with Chris Shula, with Jonathan Cooley and Raheem and Lance Schulters has been excellent. And so um, being able to identify some of those younger guys, they fit the mold, and I'm looking forward to seeing those guys continue to evolve for us on the back end. You guys
2: working
6: in- What's the biggest growth you've seen in Troy
5: You know what, I just think the experience, Maria, and I really felt that way, you know, I thought he played his best ball um, in the 2020 season, thought he did a really good job. You know, I wasn't in the meeting room, don't know what he was being asked to do, snap in and snap out in Cleveland, but you can see the game makes sense. He's got the versatility, Um, but I think it's just like anything else. When you work at it the right way, when you continue to mature, you know, just as a person, the way you approach things, you see it show up on the field and, um, I would say that's the biggest thing that stood out to me, being around him again. But I felt that way before he left. It's just it's good to be back with Troy.
6: Are you guys going to work to get a fourth arm in here sooner rather than later?
5: I don't think so. we got enough fourth arms on our coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> we always
0: say yeah. how, how the offense you know, constantly evolves. I'm wondering, you know, the never getting high to low. we not me, the sort of messaging to the team with, you know, the Super Bowl yep. demands on everybody. How much do you – think about the evolution of the messaging, or do you lean in harder to the things that have been your tenants
1: because they have been so
5: I think a little bit of both, Omar. I, I think... Um You know, I think it's important. We've got the right kind of leadership and the right kind of guys that their mindset is. Never let complacency set in. Understand last year was great, but we've got to continuously be where our feet are planted. The best at whatever they do are present. They're totally and completely present. That's what we want to be able to do. Um, Understand that you've got to always be evolving, got to be attacking opportunities to look for personal growth, whether that be on the field, off the field. And and those are the kind of things that we do talk about. But um, a lot of it is the core messaging that we've always had but also understanding that, hey, this is a brand new year. We're not defending anything. We're trying to be the best version of the 2022 Rams that we can possibly be. Um, what that looks like is an exciting thing that's evolving and, and ever adapting as the season goes on. And even as we get, you know, experience out here in the training camp, and so those are things that uh, I think players and coaches alike are excited about. All right. Thanks, guys.
6: Matthew, how does it feel to be back
7: out there? Uh, it feels great. It's good to be around the guys. You know, obviously we've been working together for a little bit um, leading up to this point, uh, but it's really nice to be out there, just have everybody back in the building and uh, getting to work, trying to uh, you know get better. How's it working
0: with Allen Robinson? How did you guys got a chance to get on this field?
7: Yeah, it's great. You know, I've uh, got to watch him, you know, up close and personal when I was in Detroit there for quite a few years when it, when he was doing his thing in Chicago. I'm really impressed with him from a you know from a across the field deal and uh, being able to be in the same locker room with him now, just his professionalism, attention to detail, all those things, uh, he fits right in with that group that we have, and, and um, you know looking forward to uh, watching him do his thing. What does he bring that, that uh, you
0: know, that's additional?
7: Yeah, no, I think um, you know a lot of his work, I think, speaks for itself, just what he's been able to do in this league for a long time, but he's a big physical guy that can still run, change direction, um, understands the game. Um, you know, tough catch guy can make contested catches. Um, you know, really a really well-rounded receiver in my opinion. A guy that can do a lot of things. Is there anything that
0: you've learned new about him that maybe you didn't know from before, just from watching him
7: from afar? Um, you know, I think you just gain an appreciation when you're around him for his uh, you know desire to learn the game, continue to get better. You know, I think uh, you know a lot of people in his position could feel pretty comfortable with what he's achieved in his career, but his ability to uh, you know and his his uh, inner fire is, is really evident when you get to work with him which is fun matthew, so matthew, last just, year, just. Go, go ahead go ahead
0: and then matthew last year you obviously you formed quick chemistry with cooper mm-hmm. cup and odell beckham what sort of you know lessons can you take from that and apply to now alan to kind of get up to speed as quickly as possible
7: yeah you know i think i'm just trying to help him as much as i can um those guys helped me last year you know when o came back in we we tried to help him as much as you can just get those guys up to speed and and once they're up to speed they're their physical tools take care of itself so just try to make those guys feel as comfortable as they possibly can within our offense as quickly as possible and then you know just continue to talk I mean uh, uh, just you know getting to watch them run some of these routes and make catches and getting spots on the field and uh, just trying to talk them through it and and help them out. So just to be clear Matthew you said you didn't have a procedure on your elbow but you had a did you have an injection or what was that for? Uh, Yes because I mean yes I had an injection and um, uh, what was it for? Just something I was dealing with all year. Mm-hmm. And well, the plan for you in OTAs you weren't throwing. Are you going to
0: participate at all in OTAs or mini camp in terms of throwing passes, or will that be training
7: camp? Don't know that yet. Still working on it.
0: As a veteran, when you see obviously every
7: year part of this roster turns over, um, what jumped out to you today? Was it not? Wood? Was, did anything jump out to you today? Um. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely. Um. You know. Not having wit around is something you're, you're used to seeing him. I was only here for a year with him, but uh, uh, I just I think the biggest thing is just every time you get the rookies in here, the uh, there's just like an injection of excitement. These guys are getting to be on the field for their first time with all of us out there and, and watching those guys run around, and enjoy it. No, I'm understanding there's a long way to go for him, but at the same time getting to watch those guys compete, which is, is a lot of fun for me. Stafford, me Matthew, I'm sorry if you
6: uh, answered this already came up a little bit late, but um, with Allen, uh, what's his versatility been like? It seems like he's being unlocked in a lot of different varieties of things when
7: he's out there. Yeah, I think you know he's a, he's a complete player. You know, I think um, he's big, he's physical, he can change directions, he can run down the field, make contested catches, he's good after the catch. I mean, he's just another... Um, really solid, complete player to add to our offense, which is a lot of fun to have.
1: Alright, that was Rams Super Bowl winning coach, Sean McVay. Rams Super Bowl winning quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Um... I do like the Rams to be in the Super Bowl next year. Like, when I look at the teams in that other conference, not the AFC, the National Football Conference, I do like uh, the Rams right behind them. I like the Packers. I don't think Tampa Bay is as good as people think. Listen, they they are returning um, most of their side. But if I were to do a Super Bowl matchup, I do think it will be a repeat, a repeat, a rematch of the first game of the season, which will be the Buffalo Bills and the Rams Thursday night football.
2: You said Chiefs wrong.
1: I know. I, know. I hope it's the Chiefs. I mean, that was the Super Bowl that I wanted back in was it 2018? Because they had that classic, with the best, the best live football game I've ever seen. That that Monday night oh football game that happened at the Coliseum. That was amazing. Hot take, but I I don't like those high scoring. You don't games. like the I'm You a, like defensive. I like defense. So did you like that football. Super Bowl? That was the most boring Super Bowl of
3: all time. That, <laughs> that 13 one, to 10 or whatever. That was, one was incompetent offense. So I also <laughs> didn't like that. I like a healthy balance because that Monday night game was literally just you couldn't stop. I it. Was a shootout. It was <laughs> yeah. unreal. When it comes to that, it's like too many three point shots in basketball. It becomes too much like random and you don't have a real feel for the game. That's just how I feel about it. I prefer like the 2010 style of football where it was like defense was still being played, but offense was
1: also on the come up. I will say this whenever the Chiefs are in Los Angeles, it's an exciting game. Remember that? Well, I'll I'll save Kayla, the the uh, she did not see the end of the classic Chiefs <laughs> Chargers game. But whatever the Chiefs it's are in Los Angeles, me. whether it's the Rams, whether <laughs> it's the Chargers, it's an exciting game. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, since is a Rosh right, saying stay safe, and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090
0: ESPN Radio.
4: Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Chance is as we worry brothers close to home. What was a friend now? Thank you
0: for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.